in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Marin, and I'm here with Stephanie. And we wanted to talk about serendipity today. And like, what does serendipity have to do with leadership? What is serendipity anyway, right? That's a great a question. Right. No, what it is. What is it? Right. So I for me, so often I hear leaders dismiss stuff and say, oh, it just wasn't meant to be. And yeah, or if it's meant to be, it, it it's meant to be, it'll happen. Or if I've heard this one too, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And all these, like, they're kind of opposing thoughts, right? Oh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It'll just happen. Or if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Well, which is true. Right. And that's, yeah, that's exactly it. The opposite of that is, you know, that's all woo-woo stuff. And I'm just going to push through and make things happen. Because that's, you know, it's like, I, I can't rely on anybody else. It's all on me. That's my job. I'm a leader. Like, yeah, there are there are these two extremes that that I definitely hear. And when I say when I hear them, it's not just from out there. I hear them, the voices in my own head saying those things to me, right? Yeah. And I, I think I've used this analogy before. It's like if you think of you think of a musical instrument, let's say a string instrument, and the string is too tight. So we're, we're too anxious about something. We're trying to make something happen. It's going to break. It doesn't make music. Or if we're too loose about the whole thing, like whatever, if it's going to happen, then it also doesn't make music. You need to have that right kind of tension. Just enough, but not too much and not too little. Just enough. Hmm. And that's when we talk about things happen. And so what is that? How do we... How do we bring that into our awareness, into our actions, into our thoughts, into our inner world and our outer world? Yeah. And so bringing that back to what is serendipity, I think that for myself, when I've in the past, when I've thought about serendipity, it's kind of like it's things just happen by chance. Like yeah. There's there's good luck in the world and there's bad luck in the world. And when good luck happened, it happens, it's like, oh, that's serendipitous. That's just, wow, what a coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, so we misuse the words. So it reminds me of a story of the three princes of serendipity. That's actually where serendipity word came from, is, a, is an old story. And there was a great king that had three wonderful princesses that were going to go and take on the the kingdom. And so he trained them really, really well, but he wasn't quite sure, you know, he wanted them to have a little bit more worldly experience before they took on leadership's role of being kings. And so he sent them off into the wilderness and they, they, they get along really well. And they thought, you know, how interesting it would be to 
be a king. And they weren't really fighting over who was going to be the king. They just knew that that was their role of being leaders. So as they were going along, they noticed um, this man on the, on the side of the road who was basically looking for his camel. They lost his camel, lost his camel. And so one of the princes said, you know, is the camel lame? Yes, yes, my camel is lame. How did you know? And the second prince said, you know, is the camel missing a tooth on his right side? Yes, the camel is missing his tooth on his right side. You know, and then he said, you know, was the camel carrying honey? And yes, the camel was carrying honey. You've seen my camel. And of course, the three princes said, no, we haven't seen camel. Well, you know, the, this man was like, absolutely, you have stolen my camel. How did you know so much about my camel if you haven't stolen it? So he took, takes them, the, these three prince, these three young men to the, the local kingdom and wants punishment, immediate punishment. <laughs> and so the king says to these three prince, you know, well, how did you know? If you, if you haven't stolen the camel, how do you know this camel so much? And he said, well, you know, we paid attention. As we were walking along the road, we noticed that along the path, there was on the right-hand side, there was, uh, you know, green green grass that was missing chunks, exactly where about the size of a, a tooth of a camel. So it looks like the, the, you know, the camel had been missing a tooth. Then they also noticed that behind, you know, in, in, the, in the trail, there was like this something being dragged. So they assumed that the camel was lame and carrying honey because... On one side of the camel, that where the honey was going, this is where all the flies were. So they had just basically been paying attention and using their wisdom and their knowledge to drop in and go, what happened? They're, they're picking up clues, mm -hmm. which really is serendipity, is really looking at doing the inner work of deducting, of, of creating space to asking the question, what if? And then not running away from it, not, you know, ignoring it, but paying attention. So when you say doing the inner work, maybe explain what you mean by that. Because when I, when I listen to the story and I hear, okay, so they were kind of tracking, they were tracking yeah. what they noticed. And that's one of the things that I think that we don't often do. We're so busy looking for where we're going and making things happen that we're not observant of what's going on around us. Exactly. And we're coming from our past. So just like when you say tracking, if you are tracking an animal in the wild, you're looking for the footprints in the sand, right? You're looking where they've broken branches or where there's been some sort of disturbance. You're trying to find, you're actually in the animal's past. And so when we're looking at leadership or we're looking at our life dreams or goals, we're in the past of our future self. And our future self has left signs and wonders for it. So when things show up, we can call it serendipitous. But really what you're doing is you're starting to pay attention to some of the clues, some of the signs, some of the wonders. So that it, it's that practice of, you know, there's, this is kind of, I always say this, this makes people kind of flip their lid a little bit. But when you think of time past, time present, time future, we're actually all happening simultaneously now you're thinking no way stuff you know i was born in you know 19 whatever and i'm you know i'm this this age at this age in this time and i'm going to be you know it's it's it, it feels like it's linear like a flat land like a ruler but it's not 
And what I, what I do with clients and what I do with myself is that you can go back in time and remember things from your, from your past, but you are remembering them as if you were the observer. This is a good practice. Instead of going in and feeling it as if it's happening right now, which is where most people end up doing, they end up reliving their past over and over and over and over again in their present moment. But if you can go back into your past and look at it as an observer, see your, like be the fly on the wall kind of thing and just observe yourself. Now you're in your future of your past (laughs) and your present all simultaneously. So I was just working with someone recently and, you know, one of the, one of the exercises were, you know, and Marin, you and I have just done this recently too. It's like, if we didn't suffer, I, w- I would not have received this benefit kind of thing. Well, what are the benefits? So, you know, if I didn't suffer a heartbreak or a loss, then I wouldn't have discovered what I wanted and what I didn't want in my life. I wouldn't have been able to then build some skill on relationship skills and communication and, and, you know, learn how to love myself more. These are benefits. So it's like going back in time. And so what I had with my client doing was going back in time and seeing herself when she was going through the suffering. And I said, be on the wall, be above yourself, be in, and and how would you, how would you see yourself? Oh, she said, with great gentleness, great kindness. And I said, okay. I said, so right now, because she was suffering in the moment, I said, can you feel that gentleness and that kindness? And it it broke her heart. She started to cry. And I always say tears are liquid love. You know, it's like now the love stream is open. And I said, there's also a future you right now that you don't know, that you haven't made contact with, that is also here right with us right now in this room. And she probably is also very gentle with you right now. And so what would you do? And this is why I ask anybody, because I think we all have that our own unique way. What would you do to create a relationship with a future self that's living a beautiful, extraordinary, healthy, happy, whatever kind of life, your ideal? And can you have that future self come here now? And can you track? Because that future self, when you pay attention to that self, that self of the future will leave you breadcrumbs, but we have to pay attention. And I think that that is the biggest thing for those princes of serendip is they paid attention to the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and it's a practice. So they were practicing in quote unquote, the outer world. And you mentioned our inner world too. And I see that as the example that you gave with your client. How do we practice that both on the outer world and the inner world? Because our future self literally does leave us clues all the time. And so it's interesting, you know, you and I both watched uh, a very old movie, a 2001 movie, um, just last night, actually, I think both of us watched it. It's called Serendipity. And one of the things I highly recommend that, that, uh, that if you're listening to this, you will really enjoy this movie. And um, we'll try not to give too much away. And one of the things that I noticed about it is that it kind of starts with this, this, this version of serendipity as 
if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it's kind of random. It's random. Yeah. Like serendipity is random. And if it happens, if, if this shows up again, then it was meant to be. And that there is no actual work. There's no practice for being a detective and for showing up like that. And then as the movie progresses, you know, time starts to, to crunch down and, and it gets to the point where they have to make a decision. And in making that decision, they start putting effort in. Yes. And it's the effort. And we tend to think it's the effort in the outer world. And there is effort in the outer world. But most of that effort is internally with your with yourself, your own inner narrative and working within is actually what creates the outer action. It, it directs your attention and your effort and your energy more specifically. And so you're not wasting time and energy. And I'll give an example of that is like imagination. So in, in you know, if we're always looking for information, I mean, we'll find information everywhere. But what you want to do is have your imaginal, like work with your imagination. And I say, if we don't start to hone our attention, it, that the imagination will literally create worst case scenarios. So again, another example, uh, client fell and this client was, was really upset that she had fallen. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm going back. I just worked so you know, amazingly on my health. And now I've fallen. This is her process. She had fallen and I'm going to be worse than I've ever been. I'm, I'm going backwards. And you have to challenge that. I'm like, is that true? Like, how do you know that's true? And I, you know, we have to challenge. I, I, but her imagination had gone to the worst case scenario. And that that worst case scenario was still playing out. Like, what if, what if in the way of a drama and catastrophizing? And I said, if you don't, if we don't learn how to redirect our attention towards an ideal, then it robs us of the moment of the energy that we have. There's a great song by Jewel that says, I no longer lend my strength to that which I wish to be free from. Mm. It's such a beautiful line. You know, it's like, so you have infinite potential, but where are we putting it? It's scattered. And if we keep going to the worst case scenarios, they're gonna, you're going to start seeing clues and serendipity around why that's going to be true. Sure. Versus if you start saying, I want to create, or I this is my ideal, and you don't have to even know what that looks like, feels like, sounds like, or anything, but just choosing saying, I want an ideal that is loving and kind and whatever you put your qualities in. And then you start saying, now I need to train my imagination to start looking for those clues that are going to lead me towards that. But you got to show up, you got to pay attention. And that's also the practice. And I, I love that in the movie, you see both the outer work that both of the main characters do. You also see that they have to make an inner decision, several inner decisions. The first mm -hmm. one being, I'm going to pursue this. The second one being like, I have to make a choice. And is my ideal my choice or am I going to settle? Um, and that, that was really powerful when I watched that to see it from that perspective of how often I think, well, this is, this is what I have right in front of me is really good. What I want is amazing and I can taste it and I can see it and I can smell it and it, and it excites mm -hmm. me. 
but I don't want to give up what I have. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep this for just in case. And then I'm going to like kind of put some energy and you're just talking about putting your energy. It's like now I've split my energy and it's so apparent in the movie that when they actually both characters had to surrender, had to give up the what is good enough because they they had to make that choice of like will i really is it fair to me is it fair to the other person is it is it what i want to settle for good enough or do i want like the greatness do i want what i can really taste and smell and then when you put your energy there that's where all of it comes together and sometimes we can say this as the comfort zone too. We can we can be given the opportunity to taste something really great mm. and we don't feel like we have earned it or we don't feel like we're good enough or we don't we feel like that we're an imposter if we go for it. And so that we will then make the choice to turn away from it so that we can stay with what is, what's familiar and comfortable. And so I often will say, I'll ask a question and say, does this, whatever this, this relationship, this choice, this thought, this, you know, food, this, whatever, does this empower me to become better than where I'm at right now? Even if your life is freaking amazing right now, you know, and that's great, you know, but to, like, to ask again, you know, the jewel song of uncommon life, you know, it's, we, we're here to live an uncommon life. We're not here mm. to live mediocrity or everyday normal. And the world is needing for us to step up and step out, not from an anxiety, got to do more because I'm not good enough. I think we come a lot from I'm not good enough or I have to fix it kind of mentality. And that's not what I'm saying. It's like right. we've been given so much that we can actually say yes to something even more and in doing so give back even more. Because even in that movie, as these two individuals, you know, one is John Cusack, who I love. I always love him. And, you know, and they both have to make a choice, but they both friends. You know, the other one is a woman that they both have to make a choice, but they both enroll their, their best friend with them. And I think there's a real key with that, too. We're not here to do to track on our own. You know, we're here to include each other. And as one person steps up and you see this in the movie, as one person steps up and goes for the dream. It actually inspires the people around you to do the same. Yeah. Like it lifts everybody up. Yeah. Both of, you know, their friends, the two main protagonists, um, they each, like you said, had a friend that was helping them. And each of those friends was completely inspired and transformed by the journey that they went on together. And it it literally is a practice, the practice yeah. of of being the detective, uh, you know, that, uh, that story about Serend- the princess of serendip serendipity was literally um, describing a detective work, a princely mm-hmm. talent for, for, for detective work. For being and, able to engage what's coming in the future. What, what yeah. is, but you're prepared for it. Like we talk a lot about being prepared for the unknown and we think of uh, like a squirrel, we're going to hide all our nuts or something. I don't know. We just, <laughs> you know, our money and our time or whatever. But really, it's the internal preparation. Right. Yes, the outer is important too. But if you don't have the internal preparation, you won't take action in the outer. Or you won't take the action that will most sustain you or or nourish you in a way in the outer. Yeah. And I think that that's 
for me, so often as a leader and also just in my life, I do settle for something because I haven't made that inner commitment to the higher version or, or what I feel really calling me. And it's scary. It can be really scary. And it takes work step out there. Right. So, and it's not that you have to like do everything all at once (laughs) or all by yourself or all by yourself. And that's one of the other things that I loved about that movie is there was a process and you watched both of those characters and all of the characters, actually, the four of them go through a process of discovery of self-discovery and choices and, okay, here's what's next. Here's what's next. Here's what's next. Not from a figuring it out perspective, but by literally dropping in and, and here's the next breadcrumb, here's the next breadcrumb. And this is what we, we have spirit is is giving us that in our lives. Here's Mm -hmm. the next breadcrumb. Here's the next breadcrumb based on what we want. So I love the story that you gave us earlier of one of your clients who's like, when we are focused on the drama and the trauma, we will get breadcrumbs and clues of like, yeah, here's how you can find more of that. Exactly. Here's, <laughs> and, here's your and justification what, of why, you know? Right. And that's, then we think that's what life is, is full of. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, it's what we are creating because of the internal that's our internal roadmap. So switching that internal roadmap to, okay, what's the ideal? Maren, this is so exciting because it reminds me of what we're going to be doing coming up the end of this year is the 12 days of creation. And we take 12 days between December 25th and January 6th to help, not that we're trying to figure out or create the following year, but to practice being a detective to practice being, you know, looking at the signs and the clues that our future self has left for us so that we are prepared internally to have the most amazing, delightful, celebratory year. One that is only for meaning for us, but also lifts up others around us. And what I love about that is just like the princess of serendip and how there's a lost meaning around serendipity, there are those 12 days that you're talking about are sacred days. And this is an ancient practice, uh, an ancient practice from the mystics. So you and I have been doing it on our own and then together. And then we've done it with a couple of groups and it just is, it just keeps building and growing each year. And we, we would love for you guys to join us with that. So as a reminder, all the links are in on our show notes. So we will link to our 12 days of creation coming up, the great uplift and also to the, the, the serendipity and Stephanie, maybe um, one of the things we could do also is include the princess of serendip. Um, the actual parable, isn't it? Is it a parable or a fairy tale? Yeah. It's a parable fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. So we'll include that too. So make sure you go to the show notes and get all of the information and we will see you all next week on the Soulful Leader Podcast. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. 
If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time. 